You're listening to The Dirt on Dating Show with your host, Misha Noah. Get ready for real stories with everyday people on topics like the hottest dating apps, when to commit, and how to find a partner you actually click with. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah. And I'm Mish. And today, we're going to take a glimpse into what it's like to date Ashwin. So Ashwin is a life enthusiast who lives in Los Angeles. For work, he's between tech, entertainment, strategy, and coaching clients. Amazing. So Ashwin, how's it going? You know what? It's not a beautiful day in LA. Normally, I get to answer with a simple canned answer. It's a beautiful day in LA. (laughs) It's a little gloomy out there. Yeah. Cool. So how is dating for, for you right now? Dude, quarantine, such a bummer. It's absolutely killer because like, I don't know about you guys, but for me in LA, like I have the worst luck around when most people start coupling season. So like my life is awesome from the month of March till November, which is also when I primarily do most of my year's work. And then come November through like Valentine's day, I'm like the loneliest person in the world. I'm like, nothing is working. Nothing is good. So just as that was ending and life was getting better, I got locked in a house for three to five months. They, they killed my check. My Coachella check isn't here. My, my coaching checks are gone. And, uh, you know, I, I upgraded my living situation recently. So I got a nice, you know, spot right off of Melrose. And then right after I moved in, Melrose has turned into a war zone with the riots. Oh, yeah. man. I know. Insane. It's when it rains, it pours. <laughs> so are you still single then? Uh, dude, I, I've been in a, what I like to call situationships. I've all pretty much subsequently either ended or been ghosted on or Caspered recently. So it's like I was kicking it with a couple of different people before quarantine and we were like in the process of defining what it was. And then I got back to LA like two, three weeks ago. And over the two, three weeks, two people have gotten into quarantine relationships. And one person has become uh, the worst type of ghost in my life, which is yes, I'll see you. And then that day comes around and bails last minute with the same excuse, which is a fake excuse. And I'm like, why can't I just get rejected? I want a rejection so badly. Dude, there honestly, to me, there's nothing worse than being ghosted. It's like one of the most lame things someone can do. So my thing was my last text, which is like, I'll give anyone like a couple of chances to like get back because life does get hectic. Like, and I'm a huge proponent of like, if something happens, just let me know. Like if you have a gig, if you have something that's important to you, just tell me what it is. I'm cool. I'm Gucci, but like, let's either reschedule or let's not reschedule. Now, like, let's do this. So like I got back and was like, Hey, do you want to like kick it on Wednesday? Perfect. And Wednesday is tomorrow, by the way. And then between the hours of like 2 AM of the conversation to 3 PM, I can't do it tonight. Okay. Do you want to do later? No response. Talk again on like Saturday at 11. Hey, I really wanted to catch up with you. I'm like, Hey, do you want to hang out tomorrow? I can do like a couple hours tomorrow. Tomorrow comes around. It's like, Hey, I can't, I have someone coming over in an hour to like do a uh, thing. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, do you actually want to hang out or not? Because I'm cool either way. I just don't want to a ask and then B clear my schedule because I have, I mean, we know each other. Mish. I have 400 text messages on average unread on my phone. And I get about 200 a day. I'm like, I'm somewhat popular. 
I could have hung out with somebody that wanted to see me. Well, yeah, it's just like be transparent. Like, don't waste people's times. Like, I am, I cannot stand when people aren't honest and upfront because it's like that's the best thing you can do in any situation. Because you're also like playing with yourself if you keep playing those games with people. You know, it doesn't do good for anybody. Well, I actually am a big believer of like you have to be present. So like, I don't really have an expectation going into most things. It's like I'm going to kick it with you the same way I would kick it with one of my friends because. If I pretend to be something that I'm not, that's going to attract other negative things into my life. And I think for me particularly, like my life is like I grew up in Boston, moved to LA. I got recruited by Playboy when I was 19 to throw parties at the mansion. So like my life has gone from a juxtaposition of one extreme to the opposite extreme. And then like I'm an average looking Indian guy. So like I'm the least likelihood of getting a right swipe on any dating app. And I'm on every exclusive dating app. So those are the only ones I get matches on. So like if I'm on Raya, I get a right swipe. But if I go on like Bumble or Hinge, I'm going to be the saddest person. And like I've gone on there before, like when I was going through like one of those things a while ago, I went on there and I'm like, I swiped literally for hours and I got no right swipes on like these like regular dating apps that like pretty much everyone has access to. So I was like, damn, I must be like ugly or something. So then I'm like, okay, what is the definition? My friend worked for uh, a show called Nip Talk, which I loved as a kid. So the definition of beauty is having a symmetrical face. It was two, three in the morning and I was having like a really like rough day. So I went online and then I did symmetricalness tests on like 10 different photos because I'm Indian, so I'm good at math. Uh, so I have a 96% symmetrical face. <laughs> 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 is what I figured out on an aggregate of uh, 10 photos with like, a Six Sigma certification. <laughs> so I was like, I'm done. I'm never fucking using Hinge again. So I was assuming Raya is your favorite. No, Raya is up there, but I actually like meeting a person in person. I feel like I'm much more likely to be considered an option in person. For me, online doesn't really work. And if it does work, I've done like tests because when I was doing like the dating columns, I, was, I couldn't get a right swipe for the life of me. I'm like, how am I supposed to give people advice if I can't get a right swipe? I'm like, I used to be really good at like the meeting somebody in a bar, meeting someone in like a regular social situation. So I just started using random friends' photos and created like 10 different like profiles. And then when I used my own photo, what I noticed was if someone saw a photo of me with a celebrity, they're more likely to right swipe. Or if they saw me with a car, like for a little bit, I was doing some brand activations with Lamborghini and Aston Martin. Uh, I got a lot more right swipes. And then like if people saw like the parties or if I put in like my description, I'm way less cool in real life than I am on my Instagram. Don't look at it because I know you're probably going to creep anyway. That would like lead towards like a right swipe. So if you gamify it, it'll work. But like if I have to gamify someone into wanting to have a conversation with me, I'd rather not have that conversation. That's hilarious. I love that. So I love all the testing that, that went into this. I mean, I feel like we could just have this episode be totally about that. But I do... Because we're sort of coming out of coronavirus and we're sort of people are coming out of quarantine, I do want to get some advice that you've that you've got about maybe like meeting people in person. Like we're going to start doing that again. People are feeling rusty. They're like unsure. Like how do you go about maximizing that that first encounter? Okay, I'm going to give you guys the best tool that you can use while we're still kind of in a quasi quarantine, but people are out at protests and people are out at like, you know, hiking trails. My friend did this and this is by far the coolest thing I've ever heard. And I'm not sure if I'm cool enough to pull this line off, but he walked up to a girl and said, I want to get to know the girl behind the mask. I was like, that is an amazing line. I'm like, dude, that is so cool. I, I love that. I would definitely tell anyone to say, I want to get to know the girl behind the mask. I mean, for me, 
what I like to do is like, everyone loves to talk about their job and just like being me. And like, I grew up with very like low self-esteem, which surprises most people because like, they're like, Oh, you're so confident. And like, you share every aspect of your life in every encounter. And you really don't care what people are going to say when you say it. So I tell people when I meet them, or if I meet a new girl or even any person, I ask them what they like to do. I don't care about what their job is because if you rely on your job as a crutch, I'm like, Hey, I just produced a feature film. I'm way more attractive in LA. Everybody wants to be famous. But if you're like, Hey, I like to do like breath work and I like to get really like self-aligned and like really kind of experience being one with myself and like nature, that's a weird answer. But if someone digs me and wants to like learn more about me, then they're actually interesting. And for me, I'd rather be interested in like what makes a person passionate about their life because your life, your goals, your ambition is so much sexier to me than uh, a girl that's just defined by like, oh, I act or I sing. And then like, you're not a person I want to talk to unless you can do something for me, which I think happens in LA a lot, especially if you're in entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of that going on. Situational in a different context, relationships. Yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's very different. My favorite is... Uh, Sometimes people pretend to know me when they show up to like events that I host because I host a lot of parties and they'd be like, he's going to be super pissed because I'm sleeping with him. So you need to like make sure me and my friends and like these two guys that came with me got in there. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I definitely haven't slept with you. Like either I'm on some crazy, crazy like prescription meds, maybe my vision's off, but I don't even think I know you. It's wild out there, man. People, people lie like crazy. Yeah. So, Ashwin, we earlier you were mentioning that you have a you have a column. You have you do some dating advice. How did you get into that? And and what are some of the the, the biggest lessons that you've learned from that? I grew up. I was born in 1988, so I'm 32 years old. And I'm from Boston. Boston was one of the last places to desegregate schools. I like to say, Boston is a great place for anyone. You can be gay. You can do whatever you want. Just don't not be white. That's generally the rule. So I had a lot of like self-esteem issues because like I went to a top 20 business school. So most people in my school are white other than the football team. So basically if you weren't an athlete in Boston, you didn't really stand a chance. So like my natural assumption is rejection. So once you get really comfortable with rejection, you have to learn to just like yourself for you. So like if the worst case thing is like, I'm not going to get accepted, I am going to fail. So like I moved to Florence when I was 19, again, with like probably about a thousand US dollars, 500 euros, spent 200 the first day, got a job as a street nightclub promoter. I knew three people in the city of Florence. I showed up with 125 girls my first night when I was in Florence, Italy. So a lot of like fashion companies and like big couture fashion brands hired me to be a, uh, a girl guy. So essentially Florence is a city that's approximately 70 to 80% women and 20% guys. So a group of guys that I was kind of recruited into, we had mandatory gym hours and uh, every day we showed up to different places. So I had like contracts with like some of the most couture fashion brands in the world that would let me gift girls that I was dating, like red bottom heels and all sorts of like crazy things that like now in hindsight, knowing the value of these things, I wish I was just like, Hey, give me some of these things so I can put them on like offer up or eBay and make a little check for myself, you know? But when I was out there, I really learned that the plight that I go from being completely asexualized as an Indian male in media is the same as like the drop dead gorgeous playmate. So like for me, I learned a lot about like dating and relationships because some of my best female platonic friends were 
models, supermodels, Playboy centerfolds, girls from Girls Gone Wild, adult stars, and they are so over-sexualized and people don't view them as a person. And I would have a real conversation with them. And going on the road with a lot of these girls, you learn a lot of stuff about like how people approach them, what women actually like. And I also have five sisters. So I'm pretty like effeminate in the fact that like, I would rather watch a rom-com, like uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Dates or The Notebook over watching like sports or anything like that. So like really just being honest with who I was. I would invite a girl over to watch a rom-com because that's something that I actually enjoy. Or I'd ask her to do like a wine and like hang night as opposed to like doing something cool. And I really became like very simple about picking something specific because I think one of the biggest issues I have is like if a girl asks me out and she's like, hey, we should do something sometime. I hate that. When is sometime? Because I have a lot of people just calling me about my work. I have a lot of things in my life. I want to put it on my calendar so that I can like be available because like the worst situation that ever happens is you're on a date and somebody pulls out this thing and they're texting. I, I hate it. It really bothers me. So like if I'm out with someone, I make a point of not looking at my phone. So I think like uh, for me, it was really, I went out to Florence. I met a lot of people. I was touring with the playmates. And then you learn a lot of weird stuff when you're traveling around. So tell us uh, your dirtiest story. What do you mean by dirtiest story? What I don't know. Just give us like the dirt. Have you like any freaky places you've had sex? All sorts of crazy places. The once in a nightclub that I worked at in <laughs> Europe with people. And the favorite part about this experience, this is actually really, really wild. So this was when I was in Florence and we had a bathroom and it was at a club. The bathroom in this Florence club, the men's bathroom didn't have a toilet. It just had a hole that people peed into. It was just a really like grimy spot. And then like a lot of the people that I worked with, there was like four or five guys. We lived in a three bedroom house and the rules of this place were we had like three keys to this house. So the first three people that had someone go back with them got a key. The other two either had to find somebody that would take them home with them or they had to like wander the streets till the morning. That's like kind of what we gamified our life into was like either you're, you're going to be thinking it was like a reality show where like you're voted off the island like every couple of nights because we're not together. So I took somebody, a girl into a bathroom and the DJ was my friend and they saw me going into the bathroom. So there's a G, no, it wasn't a Jeezy, it was a, it was a Wheezy, what's his name? She, not she, Wheezy, some rapper. There's a rap song about having sex in a bathroom. So they played that as I went into the bathroom and then they uh, announced that I had sex in the bathroom as I left. <laughs> savage. So savage. And she was a really sweet girl, but she never called me back after that experience. She was kind of a bummer. My boys kind of, uh, kind of hurt my opportunity over there. So that's probably one of the uh, strangest places. Well, we are, we are starting to work towards wrapping up here. We just got a couple, couple last questions we like to ask on the show here. So what is the, the craziest fetish that you're willing to share? Or if you don't have one, what's the, the wildest fetish that you've encountered? I'll tell you the wildest fetish that I've encountered because this is a hilarious story in my life. I was on a spring break trip with a couple of friends who were hosting a spring break series. So we did three cities. In Miami, we were just having like the worst luck. Like we were just, no one was nice to us we were just having a bad night. So we're like, okay, we're going to talk to one last group of girls before we go home. And it was me and my friend, Paul broke this group of girls. They're super sweet. We kick it. And they're like, Hey, like you want to come back to our place and like maybe grab a bite on the way back. So we're like, cool, let's go grab a slice of pizza. And then I was like, what's the wildest thing you've ever done? And then one girl brings up a story about like getting peed on. And then the other girl brings up her story. And she's like, wow, that's really weird because the wildest thing I've ever done 
was peeing on someone. So then like girls go to the bathroom in groups usually in my experiences. I don't know why that is. Maybe you can fill us in later. So they went to the bathroom and the guy at that pizza shop brings over and met for me and my buddy. And he's like, Hey, you got two beautiful girls. And I look at my friend and I'm like, I really don't want to get peed on. And he's like, I really don't want to pee on someone. And I'm like, I think we got to call this thing off. Like, <laughs> uh, and That was uh, the weirdest story where we nearly had a weird peeing encounter. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do that. I think I, it's awkward. Like, I don't even like having somebody else in the bathroom with me when I'm peeing. Too good. <laughs> yeah, you missed out on the water sports. All right. So what is one of the most amazing sex toys, sex products, or even just relationship books or uh, products that you've purchased that's changed your life? So I actually haven't purchased anything, uh, but I work as like kind of like a tantra coach occasionally and like spirituality coach. And I've met other people that are like Dakinis in that world. I think the thing that I've learned that's the most mind changing is like soul gazing. So I think a lot of times in intimacy, a lot of people are inspired by what they see in adult films. And what's really much more sensual for most women and for most people in like an actual physical encounter is stuff that's more PG, like intimately holding hands with someone, you exchange a lot of energy and then pattern matching your breathing with that person and like soul gazing into their eyes is much more beautiful and like much more fulfilling. And you can kind of really be that much more satisfied in that experience because your body releases a dose of oxytocin, which is like an amazing natural high. Beautiful, beautiful. So how can people find out more about your blog and, and just and just stay connected and learn more about the Tantra stuff? Uh, they could go to my website, ashwinjacob.com or message me on Instagram at ashwinjacob. Beautiful. Ashwin, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Have a rad day. You too. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. And be sure to swing by your favorite podcast player and leave us a review. Of course, if you have any feedback, let us know. We're always looking to improve. And if you want to be featured on the show, swing by dirtondating.com backslash single to tell us about yourself. Leave a, little, leave a little line and we will contact you and bring you on the show. All right. Thanks again and have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe. Talk dirty. And we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.